Welcome to the newest episode of Chomping After Dark. Today, we're going to talk about a fantastic game. But first, I want you to imagine for a moment that you were back in school. Yes, you, the listener. You've decided to matriculate, for you want all of the knowledge. All of it. And the skills that pay the bills. So you rock up to Garrick Mach with your book bag, your tunic, your weapon of choice, and a healthy, will-do-anyone attitude. You walk up and enter the massive metal gateway, the egress to the outside world. That's right. You're the big girl, or boy, on campus now. The market people see you strolling down the cobbled street and regard you with a glance, a few passing and a few more intent on ascertaining who you are. You gawk at them, checking out the local talent with a fervent and insatiable lust. But you are running late to meet your noble house leader. You run to the side of the building and you see a massive pond next to a dock. A few people are fishing, baiting their hooks, or talking with each other on the dock. You watch as a few fish spring out of the water and launch into the air on a in a rainbow arc, droplets of water spraying in their wake before cascading back into the pond along with the fish. You continue to press on, but keep in the back of your mind that you will revisit this pond once you are settled into your routine. You follow the path and you see a greenhouse to your left. You see a woman with shoulder-length hair, kept in a cute bob. She turns to face you, and you notice the gratuitous amount of cleavage that she is showing. You catch her eyes, and she smirks at you, knowing where your eyes have wandered. She winks at you, turns back around, and juts her hip out provocatively to accentuate her curves before walking deeper into the greenhouse and out of sight. You feel a bit of tingles and jingles in your loin area. I'll be back to talk to you, you think to yourself. You walk up a small staircase to your right, and you notice a bunch of dorms on the left of you. You keep walking in the grass and notice a bunch of items interspersed. Does everyone just lose everything, you wonder? You ignore them and walk just a bit further before you suddenly come upon a courtyard filled with people talking, training, or reading. A stone building is to your right with three entrances. You stare at them, figuring out which of the three is where you are meant to go. You spot the correct one as you watch your house leader enter. You follow them into the room. They turn to you sternly, a smile ever so slightly cracking the corner of their mouth. Welcome to House... Yes. This week's Tromping After Dark episode, we're going to finally, finally, finally be exploring Fire Emblem Three Houses. This is a game that we all loved, except Josh, who moderately enjoyed it. As per usual, if you are worried about spoilers, wait until you finish the game and then come back, as we will be spoiling this game. I repeat, we will be spoiling this game. So, let's get to some introductions. We have the one and only, the big softy himself, Mr. Rich Meister. I am here representing the Golden Deer. <laughs> you are indeed. Next, we have the General of the Mountain Time, Mr. Morgan Barnes. 
Happy to be here um, representing Team Metal Guard. Uh, Mrs. I would smuggle cocaine across the Mexican border for my waifu. Team Metal Guard, you got it. Okay. And last, we have the space cowboy himself, Mr. Josh Fowler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A man of many words. Many words. Most of them, hmm. <laughs> Some would say, But that that man is not I. So are you guys excited that we finally have time to discuss this game? Yeah. I liked it. <laughs> I, I liked it Thank more. you, and that's all for the time that we have for today. <laughs> all the spoilers you need. Rich, were you? That's there's right. no way you were a big softy, Aman, uh, Manuela. So, the hell did you just say to me? <laughs> I mean, nobody's you come nobody's in soft here, in this and school, that's what right? you say to me. They're all hard as hell. Hold on, no, no, stop the yeah. show. What the fuck? This is a, this is this is <laughs> the horniest school that's ever existed. This is this is the horniest Nintendo game, right, guys? This is the horniest um, Nintendo franchise. I don't know, man. Isn't Bayonetta technically a Nintendo franchise now? Hmm. I mean, hmm. maybe. But let's start with an easy softball question to get your brains thinking. All things Fire Emblem. So just as a quick reminder for the fans, which house did you go with and why? Morgan, you've already. Announced what you which house you chose, but I'm gonna let you just reiterate which house did you choose and why. Well, it was Team Edelgard, um, and it was a pretty easy decision. What's for the me. name of your house? Uh, house Black Eagles. It's not important. It's all for Edelgard. All right, uh, we could be Team, you know, Stinky Mole Rats for all I care. All right, I I will serve Edelgard. Um, no, I was honestly doing my usual thing. I picked her because I was trying to be creepy, uh, and I thought she was a hot blonde chick, but um. I actually pretty early on in the game, I actually thought her plight as a character, her voice actress, I thought everything about her was really interesting, and I was happy with my choice. So it started creepy and then turned into something beautiful. And then realized you could rationalize it. Just like my marriage. Yeah, it stayed creepy, (laughs) but there were more elements to further it along. Well, That's fair. Have you seen my tea party? Um, Yeah, exactly. Nothing creepy about that tea party. Oh, are you talking about the lemon party? Yeah, stop putting that link in our chat. Hmm. <laughs> I'm really getting sick of it. No, that's fair. I went with Black Eagles as well um, for the the latter reason you mentioned. Definitely not the former. But uh, Rich, what did you go with, and why? I joined up with Claude and the Golden Deer. Mm-hmm. Um, the only me, other acceptable choice. Yeah, no, agreed. The Blue Lions are fucking awful. Dimitri sucks. Um. I, I'll put it to you this way. Like, you get you get a pretty brief section early on where you kind of get to spend some time with each of the houses and, like, feel out their plight and stuff. To me, Black Eagles would have been my second choice, uh, especially seeing where the story goes now. I think if I were to replay it, Edelgard would be the one to do because uh, her story definitely has a lot of interesting points to it. But uh, I really liked the idea of the Golden Deer uh, being so kind of different they're more of this mishmash house whereas the blue lions are like this totalitarian like basically black eagles and the blue lions both of their nations are like very high fantasy style kingdoms of rule whereas Mm -hmm. uh the golden deer are like this alliance of multiple nations 
Um, Claude as a character is this kid who sort of had the idea that he is, uh, you know, a leader thrust upon him. Like he wasn't raised as a royal or anything like that. And I think they, they do a lot of cool stuff with his character as the game goes on. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair. And the thing is, like, because I haven't played the other two campaigns yet, and I'm pretty sure Morgan hasn't played through all three of them, Josh hasn't played through all three of them, that I hope talking about these campaigns is actually going to sell you guys on all three of them. Because they all, like, four technically four. Technically yeah. four. Yeah, the basement the kids are coming houses. out. Right. Yeah. And I'm yeah, hoping garbage pail kids black house. lions. You can base. You can basically abandon your house halfway through at the time skip. You mean blue lions? No, the black eagles. Oh yeah, is, wouldn't that be presented at a point you could totally? Yeah, because at the time skip, and you can you can side with the church instead of Edelgard. Yeah, yeah, it's a little awkward. That actually so, happened sorry, in an for accident. Some... I thought I heard black lions. So Maybe I, I said confused. lions. I thought I said. Black Eagles. I may have said lions. That's I was, like, tape. I was like, you might have misspoken, but you meant Black Eagles. Yeah, the Black Eagles. Yeah, that's because that's that's the only one where you really get a, a choice to decide whether or not you want to stick with the church Whereas or 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 with your your, the Blue your, Lions, your class leader. It it's Dimitri it just turns into Solid Snake. It <laughs> now Black Lions actually sounds interesting. No, actually happened to me on accident the second time through. I was too engrossed in like trying to get certain characters, and I forgot to you forgot to go do, talk to Edelgard. <laughs> I forgot to talk to Edelgard, and it's actually horrifying because I had put so much time into that playthrough. It was my mm-hmm. hard playthrough. It was a perfect run. I even had Edelgard pick me for the dance and everything, and I fucked it up. And there was only one option that was to kill her. Or do nothing. So, without jumping too far ahead, I'll just say that I fucked it up, and then I was left with nobody. No house leader, I decided with the church, everything was fucked, and it was sad, and I just stopped playing the game forever. So. Really? The actual <laughs> yeah. the ending to that is actually really neat, because they give you, you get, I mean, you, you get some of that information as you go through the other playthroughs, but, like, you're getting it firsthand with the, uh, uh, well, what's it called, the Silver Snow chapter? Like, the one where you side with the church? Um, because you're getting it yeah, firsthand it from too, Rhea, yeah. trying to figure out what her actual motivation was. I um, tried to talk myself into doing it just to see it through, but like Edelgard was the heart and soul of that game for me, so I just I couldn't do it. It was hard for me to do. I, I'm curious now, knowing you guys talking about the choice, because there there is a choice in the other houses. It just comes later. Um, mm-hmm. after you sort of confront Edelgard and the Black Eagles, um, basically you find some information from Edelgard and. You can then decide whether to pick up the torch and f- sort of finish what she started, or side with the church. Guys, yeah, Weird. guys, okay. cool. guys, <laughs> we're gonna get into all of this. Just be patient. We'll get there. Don't worry. I'm gonna lead you there. Lead. Me. Just be patient. Josh, who did you pick? I actually went with uh, Edelgard because I figured like she'd probably be someone I could. Uh, worm my way in with which oddly enough um like Morgan please uh, yeah the uh um the whole uh oh, fuck what's his name her black mage Petra Bernadetta no 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 the the one guy oh the creepy emo guy the, with the emo guy yeah he's like her second man. command but I'm, oh, I'm completely fuck, blanking on his name, name right 
Yeah, he died at the beginning of my <laughs> game, so I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, throughout the whole game, his whole him. character arc is that he suspects you of doing exactly what my plan was the whole time, which is oh, really? hilarious to me that, like, I'm like, oh, no, I could totally use her and take over the kingdom. And, <laughs> and, then, and, and he gives Na- me shit about naturally. that basically every time you talk to him. Um, By the way, his name is Hubert. 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 I, I knew I'd get to it eventually. But like, yeah, it's, I thought it was funny that... <laughs> Anyway, and uh, by the way, fun note for anyone who knows the Golden Deer House pretty well. Uh, yes, I did end up uh, getting romantically involved with the girl who's weirdly obsessed with your father. Hmm. <gasps> oh, I love her. She's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, she's pretty great. Okay, okay, okay. I think you guys all have interesting, valid reasons. But like I said, I'm going to try and sell you guys on each of these three houses. That's part okay. of my goal today: is to make you guys interested in playing another line in the game. So, here we go. So, how this is going to start out is I'm going to set up the beginning. We're going to get to the big midway point, and then we're going to diverge between those three. So, I will be asking you guys questions in between certain spots. So, be ready. Very minimal setup here. So, the game starts off with Byleth and Gerald, a couple of mercenaries who who are father and son. Rescuing the three nobles of their Father respective... Father and daughter. Come on. Don't be a chud. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It can be father, father or son and or father or daughter. That's true. I didn't even think about that because I did it as son. My bad. Mm-hmm. Father as and are, yeah. whoever you choose to be. Um, re- rescuing the three nobles of their respective countries. These characters are Edelgard, Dimitri, and Claude, who are the leaders of the three houses of Garrig Mach. You are invited by the head of the monastery, Rhea, to go there, to which you are both offered a position working on the premises. You choose which of the three houses you wish to lead. From there, you are led into a gameplay loop of battles and interacting with the various people in the monastery, much like a sim game. So we discussed that this game introduced a heavier focus on the sim elements in the Chomp cast, which was a change that I think we all enjoyed in varying degrees. So what is one feature that you feel was missing from the sim aspect of the game? And I'm going to throw it to you first, Josh. What is one sim element that you felt like should have been added? Mm. I think a lot of it was welcomely gone. Uh, uh, Like the whole, depending on which person you romance before the time jump, having a kid with them was just overly convoluted and awkward um, that they've done before. But I do miss meeting characters in certain fights that you could then, depending on how the fight played out, recruit to join you. Um, And that was something that I really enjoyed in a lot of the other earlier Fire Emblem games. Um, Because, like, especially after the time jump, it seemed like a lot of these people that you had, you know, you've got a history with, you could have been able to, you know, talk to them or do something during the fight to uh, to try to convince them to come to your side. And that sort of thing, I think, would have been... I mean, it was effective that, you know, even if they're not in your, ho- in your part of your class, you end up having to fight these characters. And it was, like, it was effective, but I think it would have been neat if it wasn't the only option. I, I don't know. That, 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 I... I even if it wasn't if, the characters, you, like some of the other 
not, or not the, the characters, but not some of the students. I feel like maybe if some of the other characters you could recruit after after different fights would be really cool. If you don't mind me interjecting, I apologize, Shay. Josh, you actually can. I don't know how far you got in the game, but you can actually recruit people in battle after the time skip. I, I did several people I recruited hmm. from other schools. So I don't, maybe you just that is true. halfway through. That is in true. battle you could? None of the ones yeah. that I yeah. fought, I could. Yes. Like, they would only let me kill any of them. Maybe relationships were not great with them? or I, I don't know. Maybe I not. recruited three people. Shay, do you know the logistics on how to recruit people? I've not looked into that, but like... Uh, it basically depends on like the the line like the line you go under and it it depends partially i believe on if you've built any kind of rapport with these characters it depends on um the battles and what you do within the battle um there's yeah. a lot of componentry that's involved in that but yeah you absolutely can recruit people hmm. within the battle like i did it um i know you like morgan you said well, you've done it like and especially when you're doing a permadeath or the classic playthrough it's yeah. essential that you actually get some of those characters in the middle of the battle okay it, it is strange that like none of the I new characters like yeah because like none of them i've been huh. like i've raised relationships with a few of them but none of them anyway it's been weird but anyway like in a lot of the other games that was how you got like half of your roster was different people you'd met meet through battles yeah. like for through the whole game like, and they're missable, yeah. Yeah, there's right. like tons of missable characters, um, and I feel like they they put so much more effort e- emphasis on what you were doing in the monastery as opposed to, like apparent apparently you can recruit them through battle, but like even then, if it's like you're saying, it's whether or not you built some sort of relationship with them beforehand. Um, Strange, yeah. So so basically, all yeah, focused th- on the monastery. I recruited people right. the, the the first halfway where like building the relationship and then asking them to join the house. Yeah. But I didn't know you could do it in that back half through battle. That's interesting. You can. You can. And it's actually the mechanic that that mechanic that Josh is saying that he wish was in the sim element and aspect is actually kind of an uh, a precursor to mine because mm-hmm. when I you know when after the time skip and I acquired some of those characters from recruiting them in battle if you didn't build the rapport with them before the time skip you can no longer mm-hmm. build rapport with them after the time skip as the yeah. main character yeah and i i hated that it didn't make any sense to me like why why did they bar you from being able to build rapport with a character after mm-hmm. after a arbitrary time skip that doesn't make sense to me because obviously you're going to if in normal human relationships, you're going to still build some level of rapport with those people, no matter what's happening in the world or the, at the time frame. So, like, from a realistic standpoint, it didn't really make sense. And I think I felt like that's a lot of what a sim element is in a game is trying to be realistic. So it didn't make sense to me that you couldn't build rapport with characters if you recruit them after the time skip. It just didn't make any sense to me. And that's just for the main character. But strange. Yeah, yeah it's, it it's cool odd. because it's like odd. Um, Rich, how about you? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, Morgan. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I. It's it is weird because they put so much effort in this game into the dialogue and the options that there isn't anything afterwards. If you do recruit them, is a bummer. That would have been kind of pushed it over the top as far as the. It would have been really cool. So it's weird. Right. Right. Exactly. Rich, what was one element that you felt was missing from the sim? aspect of the game 
that's a tougher question for me because I'm not like it, it felt um, for me. Obviously, this game takes a lot of its sim stuff uh, from Persona. I think it wears that on its face. Uh, yeah. and it, it does it very well. Um, which for me then being, I wish there was, a, and there is some of this. I wish there was a little bit more of the personalized stuff. Like there are character specific missions you can get for the people in your houses. Um, but I almost wish it had a little bit more of like the persona esque, like one-on-one hangouts, uh, and mm. uh, to like sort of get more of a story out of each of these characters. And I get that's a lot more writing to do because it's a lot more intricate than the, the, Based dialogue exchanges followed by helping them with a battle, but um, I I would have liked to see them flesh out an idea like that where spending more personal one-on-one time with more characters to maybe unlock special moves for them or uh like yeah it, it's it, it's strange but uh, I, I yeah it's yeah, sort of a, a light that. complaint but like, I would like even... to see more of that. I agree. I felt like the tea time was kind of like. It was good for developing, but it the it was tea time very just got bare bones. It was very bare bones, and it just got boring after a while. It's like okay, I'm yeah. taking these characters to tea time, and then I'm getting these like dialogue choices, and it's kind of like a puzzle to figure out which dialogue choice goes with which question or which statement that the other person makes. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't an enjoyable puzzle. It was like okay, I'm ran, and it's not even really a puzzle. It's like you're randomly guessing. It was mm-hmm. a very yeah, like you're guessing the answers to questions. Like sometimes maybe something about the character will help with that, but there's not a whole lot to it. Right, and it just it just felt like, I mean, like I res- I enjoyed it at first, and then it just like the 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 bare bones nature of it and the repetitive nature of it just wore thin really quickly. Very quickly, I didn't enjoy yeah. the tea time. What, what yeah. is worth and noting about at that point? The, I was like, okay, I'm trying to find the best teas just to just to bolster micro stuff with certain to characters. moderately, yeah, to improve certain moods. And it's not it's not a bad thing. Like, I mean, that's kind of how I just maybe wish there were more to it. Is. There's kind of it's kind of how real life is. Like, you try and figure out what restaurants people are most interested in. You bring them well, there, well, and that that's you put even them in the right like, situations to get them to talk more. But it felt like the like it had minimal to no. It bearing. could be more than that. That that's just it. Like you're saying, like the idea of like restaurants and stuff. That immediately makes me think of how Persona does that stuff a little bit better. Um, and I know there's not much of like a town or much flushed out for you to do it with. But the idea of instead of just being tea time, like being like, oh hey, do you want to go hang out at the pub later or something? Like something like that. You know what I mean? I, right. It would have been yeah, even uh, yeah. interesting to include like mini games into that. And sorry, Morgan, I I will let you fit like say what you want to say the one thing i did like and i do want to say that is you could do the one-on-one cooking that was fun like yeah, because yeah it was even good. shorter than the tea time you knew what it was it was quick and easy quick and dirty and it got the job done sorry morgan go ahead no you're fine you're fine i so there's two things and i guess i can just try and s- slip my answer in there too yeah please do time. please do um so i gotta say this right up front this this game had some of the worst fishing of any video game fishing in my life um, which is a tragedy because you guys know easily, that easily. Um, I was really into it, like until I realized that you never even see a fish. It like never even showed you a physical fish in the game. It was just basically numbers on a screen, and that's a shame because they went through all the trouble to like put on these fishing tournaments and build out this like fishing pond. And like, why go through all that trouble if you're not gonna like lean into it more? I, it just seemed odd to me, but. Um, 
I, honestly, I miss the dating stuff more than Josh does. Like, I I want full FMV sex scenes. I want them fully just, you know, beautiful anime, just like those cutscenes in the game. But I want them for every character possibility. Um, just brief, fifteen to twenty seconds. Uh, I thought you were gonna say fifteen to twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> just brief, just half an hour to forty five minutes. I want to be able to <laughs> foreplay. I want I want to go through the whole foreplay. With quick time events, well, it's like, and I want to choose not, what music I'm going to lay this man or woman touch, down to. Get the touch screen involved. Um, it's not to jump ahead on the Uche. I just have to say this now, and that like it's sweet how they did the relationship thing, but it felt almost kind of throwaway at the end. Like it's such a big deal to get the ring and give it to somebody, and then the game's just over, and they're like, "You married someone?" Yada yada yada. And I was like, some "Yay!" Text. And I was like, "This is dumb. yeah, yeah." There were certain. There are certain elements that felt very thrown in, and that's definitely one of them. Yeah, I, w- I will I, 100% agree with you on that. It doesn't have to be the hardcore sex that I would dream of. I just want, like, more relationship emphasis. Like, I want to feel like, like, in Persona, they don't show any sex, but it's very clear that you're dating and banging and stuff like that. And you want, want it to feel impactful. Yeah, it, it didn't feel like the relationship really mattered at the end. I got two lines of text. Um, she she <laughs> Also, she worth, wants it to feel impactful. Worth, <laughs> worth noting, because you mentioned you, you mentioned the dating feeling more clear in Persona, uh, and I would love to see elements like this work their way into games like this. Because one of my favorite notes is in Persona Five: um, if you are date, dating more than one person, which you can do, they all confront you on Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. Oh, that's pretty great. That's great. Um, so anyway, I just like the way Persona handles dating a little bit more, but look at it this way. This is their first attempt at this, and unless they just go another direction, the the next iteration of these relationships and how they handle this could be really interesting. So Totally. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So well, sex. I can't agree I can't I can't agree with the fifteen to twenty second FMV sex scenes. <laughs> but, fifteen to twenty um, minutes. I can agree that like I felt like they didn't make like they're building up all this time for like a like a romance option, and then it just kind of fizzles at the end. And like, oh, here's a ring. Here you go. Bye bye. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't feel very impactful the way it was handled. Like it just felt very. It felt very like it was just tacked like, on to please people who right, expect exactly. that. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah. But let's get back to the story. So you meet some nefarious and enigmatic characters who are attempting to disrupt the monastery happenings and inhabitants. The players are steadily introduced to the relics and crests, which have both profoundly positive and negative impacts on those who wield them. It just so happens that shortly after learning of them, Byleth thwarts an attempt by evil forces to steal the sword of the creator, which he or she ends up wielding. A short time later, Geralt is murdered. Murdered! Dun-dun-dun! Duh. A murder most foul. <laughs> That's right. Byleth goes to read his father's journal and discovers that Gerald left the church the first time because of Rhea's plans for Byleth. Rhea implanted Sothis, the progenitor god, into Byleth when he or she was born in an attempt to resurrect Sothis. Byleth pursues the assailants for revenge, is hit with a magical attack. And this causes Soleth, or Soleth, Solis and Byleth, Soleth, to merge, to become the one true god. Rhea 
excuse me, Rhea attempts to awaken Sothis, but is stopped by a previous masked enemy, which is revealed to be Edelgard, as she leads an attack against the church, claiming them corrupt. At this point, you are given your second big choice in the game. Side with Edelgard against the church, or fight with the church and Rhea. You learn that Rhea is actually a dragon during the fight, and after it, Byleth is rendered unconscious and doesn't wake up for five years. So two plot twists and a massive choice all within the span of one chapter. Do you think that the execution of these various plot points was done well, giving credence to the foreshadowing um, of the and the pacing, or do you think that it was not as impactful as it could have been? Why or why not? Richold. Uh, it's obviously not crazy fresh in my mind, but uh, I remember thinking the twists and turns were coming pretty good, and at that point, I was not expecting there to be a time skip in this game. Uh, so I remember that sort of taking me by surprise, and I think it, it wasn't a, a, um, hugely apparent to me. It might have been more so for you guys who were actually playing as the Black Eagles, but the Edelgard twist was more impactful, I think, as somebody in like one of the outside houses who didn't quite know the character as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you you know about it beforehand. I mean, you don't know about it as such beforehand, but you have Probably to not being paying to attention. You have to not be being paying attention to to kind of miss that she's up to something. Like because from, there's from talking to her, yeah, yeah, I got the impression she was involved in something, but at that point I couldn't have guessed that she was the the mastermind, mm-hmm. so to speak, Agreed. behind all of this. Yeah, Agreed. like it's I know I know Morgan and I talked about that. Yeah, and you can, like like Josh is saying, you can tell she's up to something, and Rich too. You can tell she's up to something, but I didn't guess that she was like the the uh, f- the what is it the Flame Lord? I believe is what. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. the yeah the Flame Lord. I did not guess that that it's, was her. Yeah, it's a little. Um, awkward. I think that it makes sense. Yeah, they they f- they do some hand wavy bullshit in order to make it make sense that they killed your dad. Like, oh, no, like, I'm the Flame Lord, but some of my subordinates weren't really listening to me and were going off and doing their own thing. And that's why that happened, which eh, I thought was kind of fucking stupid. But other than that, like, I I, for the most part, saw it was like, okay, all right, it it works. Like, the idea mostly works. Here's my main question for you guys, because maybe you have better insight to this. Um, One of the things that confused me the most into how it would factor into your house how did you justify Edelgard not being there whenever you were taking on the Flame Lord? Well, well, they would just she would just disappear. But like it wasn't. I went back and played through it, and they do a pretty good job of it. But there were some missions where it was like you don't have Edelgard for this mission, but it was explained in a way that seemed logical to at the try time. and throw you off the trail. Because yeah. like for me, it's like every time I was encountering the Flame Lord, it's not like Claude was missing an action. He was right there on the <laughs> battlefield with me. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems obvious now, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hindsight's they, they, 20-20. I hate to say it because they mess with the gender thing. Like, this is this is on me, but I was thinking, oh, this Flame Emperor is some bad dude, right? And, and, and then there was like, oh, well, of course it could be a woman. What the fuck is my problem? Why was I looking at it that way, you know? Um, but I feel like they were playing with that sort of gendered stereotype. Oh, they were definitely the playing villain. that. 
to their advantage to throw you off the scent of like yeah. ah you yeah. never would have suspected it was the woman yeah but I'm like yeah. I never would have suspected that Dimitri was actually Japanese people. solid snake but here we are mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah I, I would say this for me I don't know if Shay feels this way too but it was more impactful to me because like I had sided with Edelgard so like mm-hmm. it was this really tough moment where I was like yeah I'm gonna follow this chick through thick and thin and then she Rhea sat there and she's like you're gonna kill her and i'm like fuck no i'm not <laughs> I'm she's, my, she's my friend mm-hmm. she's, you know um hoes before my church bros you know so it was just you know that old saying <laughs> yeah well especially like i mentioned this before oddly i was looking this up um after you were talking about the whole recruiting after the thing apparently i recruited the character i can recruit as edelgard like with her Lysithia? class beforehand, yeah. Lysithia. Um, Lysithia is one of my favorites. She's great. She essentially has the same story as Edelgard, but you know, yes. kind of from another Similar. story. They like respect her, each her, other. Yeah. Well, no, like her, her family was also doing, you know, horrible experiments on her to try to, you know, get her to the top of the crest game. Um, as one does. Yeah. And because of that, like that, that's kind of the reason she ends up being the character you can recruit as the Black Eagles. But I'd, I'd recruited her like earlier on in the game, like way earlier on. Was, that was like, one of the yeah, first characters I recruited. Um, for me, she was one of the ones in my house, and I just remember mm-hmm. like her her loyalty mission is one of my like I'll, really I'll call good. them loyalty missions. It's it's one of my absolute favorites because it her character is so interesting if you like take the mm-hmm. time to get to know her and see it flesh out. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy because in the hallway somebody had overheard that. Um, Edelgard, somebody was performing all these horrible experiments on her, on her body and whatnot. And then um, I went up and talked to him, and apparently they were, she was just talking about her sex life. So uh, it was a bit of a bummer. Cricket, cricket. <laughs> uh, the no, the good thing I'm editing the show this week. Mm-hmm. Shay, can we put um, an actual cricket noise in there? You know, because she. Uh, there's no way on. a cricket just wants to hear that experimenting. Yeah. Um. The 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 thing about the father is a little weirder though, because I basically would have to just say like, okay, I'm I'm th- with you through thick and thin, and I'm going to kind of forgive you killing my dad. But because the game starts off so like weird about your relationship with your dad, and you don't really know him that well. I don't. I never felt this strong bond with my father. Did you? Because it was just kind of. A I did, figure. but then again, like I said, they do this whole hand wavy. Oh, they weren't really following my orders. Nonsense. Which was just like. All right, whatever. And you kind of see that. Like, there's some house cleaning that Edelgard does, killing off some of those people who were just getting overzealous with the plan. Yeah. Honestly, Um, I was just confused by my relationship with my father because I think my wife just wanted to be with my dad. (laughs) Leone? Oh, God. I love Leone. After the time, she is so hot. Top of that, with what Josh is talking about, I like it. First, it feels very hand wavy, but then you get into like the second half, and especially if you play. Edelgard's route where like you side with her mm-hmm. then you see that basically which we're going to talk about here in a bit so we'll probably move forward that you do see that someone in her f- own family betrays her yeah and so that adds credence to that so I mean it feels hand wavy at the time but I also think they back it up later in the yeah. whole storyline yeah but it, it just it takes it, a while because so right subtle. off the bat it's just like oh it, yeah sure so sure that's what's happening but yeah then it right yeah it, they finally it's so get around subtle, to it. the way they back it up versus what happens initially because they're mm-hmm. you know they're they're uh they're showing the player that this is what's happening at the one of the biggest points in the game and it's like 
wow, you are just really glossing over that. And then later, it's like, oh, let's let's clear up that little mm-hmm. <laughs> little plot issue right there. And that's kind of well, what it felt yeah. like, they did unfortunately. Weird... Yeah, I agree. They did a weird thing with this one character I was kind of curious to know more about, who was, like, they said she had been disappeared or kidnapped, and then she showed up as that chick with the red hair. Um, and then you see her talking to Edelgard, but you're like, wow, wow, her and Edelgard must be friends. And then you find out later why, because she was... Um, you know, a bad guy when she revealed an herself. imposter, but it was weird. She like changed her whole, like out. She had this cool outfit and this, like she was like one of the few bosses in the game, which was interesting. But, and she, they even went through the trouble of crafting this, um, pretty lengthy cinematic around her. That was really mm-hmm. cool where that, that evil guy like kills her basically. And, oh yes. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm talking that. about? Yeah. And, that but, was like, one of those moments I was kind of talking about that. In most of the other fire emblem games, like if you had managed to play in a way that you could, actually intervene and stop the murder from happening like she would have been recruitable like that's that's the sort of character that yeah no, in basically right. all the other fire emblem games there would have been like a turn where he's about to kill her and if you can get there and stop him like it would it would change the outcome um right and, and nobody remembers her name fuck i feel bad now i shouldn't have brought that up well, oh, there are a ton of names in this game. There's so many names. Fair. Like there are yeah. a ton. There's a lot of characters that also feel much like that character. It's it's easy to forget their names because like well, once they're gone, they're gone. Like like right. Josh was saying, if she was recruitable at that point, like maybe I'd remember her. Maybe she would have become a vital part of my party mm-hmm. if that was well, the case. That's what vexed me. But, they put so much time into her, and she was in the game for all of one fight and then gone. And I was like, that's so weird that they did that. But that ended up being a, a pivotal point in the game. Like I know Shay jumped ahead already, but that huge moment where you you die basically and your soul <laughs> fuses with um, was, well, yeah it. with Sophis, and she yeah. was a plot she was a plot device and she was a foil character. She was simply there to move things along and it happens yeah. all the time but in a game like this where it feels like each character matters it was a weird choice i will say that but yeah yeah but, but that let's scene, go ahead well i just wanted to say one thing that scene was um where you get sothis to bond with you like just the music and like how i just really liked that scene a lot the first time i played it where you get through that big epic battle and then you're basically like dead or like trapped in sort of a purgatory of sorts and the only way you can get back out is for sothis this little companion god has been following you around to basically fuse her life into you to bring you back and when you come back not only do you have funny green hair that's not quite how it happens but yes yeah well that's how my stupid brain took it uh and when you come back you just start swinging this. You're just fucking unloading on people. You're super strong. Your hair's green. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Whoa, what's up you're with super this?" Super Saiyan. Yeah, it's it fucking wild. I love that. That part of the game was like, "Damn, they're doing some shit." Well, just know if you really like that, there's an awesome, awesome anime out there. It's been around for quite <laughs> a few years. If you're interested, this it's is called Dragon one? Ball Z. Huh. If you're ever interested, check it out. Oh, I think I played a PS4 game about that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> cack and balls or something like that. Yeah, Dragon Ball Z, yeah. cack and balls. Yeah, that's right. All right, so from here on out, I'm going to do my best to succinctly. I can't talk today. To succinctly sum up the three various plot lines. Again, if you are worried about spoilers, bow out now. We're going to be spoiling the three main, well, technically four plot lines. So first. We're going to start with the two easier ones because they don't diverge. We're going to start with the Golden Deer plotline. And that finds Byleth reuni- reunited with Claude 
and the rest of the remaining church to stand against Edelgard and the Empire. They invade the Empire to they invade the Empire to confront Edelgard simultaneously as Dimitri and his army also invades. Edelgard retreats, but Dimitri is killed. Byleth and Claude continue to push forward and receive help from Alerma. I cannot pronounce that name. Alerma, a foreign nation that Claude opened relations with. He reveals that his goal is to open the... Hmm? Almeria? Maybe. It's been forever. Probably. Probably. I don't know. It don't matter. We're moving on. He reveals that his goal is to open the borders of the continent ending its isolation. They invade the Empire capital and kill Edelgard. Byleth and Claude learn that the cult, who was orchestrating attacks and causing chaos five years prior, before the time jump, has been causing issues since the war a thousand years ago. They defeat most of the cult. The leader attempts to kill them with arrows, but Rhea intercepts the arrows in her dragon form. So, Nemesis, the leader of the cult a thousand years ago, awakens from his tomb. He and his ten elites took power from Sothis and her dragonkin after they were slain by the cult. The stolen power was the source of the crests. Byleth and Claude destroy Nemesis and the undead army. Fodlin is united under the two, Claude and Byleth, and they open the continent borders. And that's the end of the Golden Deer storyline. It was great. Rich is the only one who has played this. So I'm going to ask mainly Josh and Morgan and Rich if you have any like input. And the reason why I'm going to do this is because I'm going to. One thing I want to do here is if you played the plot line, I want to just more so open it up to the others who didn't play that plot line to see if they're more interested in that particular plot line. So, Rich, what were you uh, going to say? Yeah, before you do, if I could just add one thing, because I, I don't think that that detail was put in, and I hope I am remembering this correctly. One of the main points they cover for why Claude is insistent on opening these borders with the country of Almeria, um, I mentioned earlier how they talk about how he wasn't raised into royalty. He was brought into the Alliance um, when he was older, and he found out he was a part of that royal family. His mother, I believe, is from Almeria. Um, so he's half Almerian and half part of that Alliance nation that his father was an important part of. So basically he's trying to bridge back the nation of people he was actually raised by and open the borders, uh, and like stop conflict between those nations. That's awesome. That adds some more contextual layers because in my research, I actually, I didn't find that out. That's cool. So John, we'll go Morgan first this time. What is your impressions upon hearing that that's how the golden Ste- gold Jesus fuck that's how the golden deer storyline played out? I mean, it definitely sounds more interesting than what I played of uh, Dimitri's, but I was just mystified to hear you fight Nemesis at the end because he's not mentioned really at all in our play through the game and he's sort of like this mythical character from the beginning like opening cinema of the game along and it's just like what the fuck that crazy guy's back like it it just sounded i was so shocked to hear that your final villain was was nemesis so like what does 
Edelgard just and I'm sorry if you glozed over this, Rich. The whole thing is kind of confusing. But uh, does Edelgard sort of just fade away? Into... Well, uh, okay, she, no, she got killed. Here's here's what happened with the killed, Nemesis. Okay. Thing. I mentioned that you She's killed. Defe- yeah, you defeat Edelgard, um, and you basically find a note from her explaining the situation and explaining that she was trying to stop all this shit with Nemesis. And from there, you basically have like you're picking up the torch and trying to finish what Edelgard started in that regard uh, to take down Nemesis. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah that's it, cool. That sounds cool. I mean, I that part of it is really interesting because Nemesis seemed like a interesting character. Um, and how? And when do you? For, so does Nemesis as a character come into the storyline for the Golden Deer after the time skip? Is that the first time you yeah, see him? Yeah, it's, it's after uh, the time skip. Yes, after you defeat Edelgard. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I. I don't. I just don't really find. Claude that interesting, but I think that path sounds interesting. Like, Rich, you're a brave man. I know he's dreamy and everything. I just, I didn't see much in Claude. Like, even after the time skip, what he gets a beard that's like one centimeter thicker. Of he hair, becomes like, a wyvern lord. <laughs> he does get a wyvern, which makes him easier to kill with a, an archer, so whatever. Well, he is but, an archer on a wyvern, so he's he's pretty good. <laughs> you're making the case. I like it. I like it. Um, that's cool. It's cool I mean, I do that. remember Claude was a bitch to fight. When in, during the Edelgard route, he was pretty difficult character to beat. I will, I will admit that. But interesting. Okay, that's fair. Um, Josh, how did you feel hearing that? That's kind of how the Golden Deer storyline played out. I actually like that. That's actually fairly similar to like if you go Black Eagles, but then don't side with Edelgard, you do a lot, an awful lot of the same sort of things, but with the uh, you know, like directly under Rhea going through all that instead of um, kind of having him involved. Um, so that's 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 interesting. Like I, I like that as like I feel like I feel like Claude and Edelgard are kind of the ones that are you're getting more story of and or not Claude or yeah Claude but um, um Claude yeah um but the blue blue lions are kind of off doing their own thing because of. Because Dimitri kind of loses it. <laughs> yeah, Dimitri kind of loses it with his own baggage, and like, so you get less of the overall story of like, you know, like the world around you as much. Um, just from like from everything I've been reading, like that, I do like. I don't, I don't know if Nemesis is brought up by name on the 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 White Snow route, but it's a, it's a similar sort of thing. Um, like you're still dealing with the cult and uh, and all of that, um. right? Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. I like reading that. I was like, because Edelgard is such an interesting character. Like, hands down, I think when you have the choice between the three, she's barn on the most interesting character. But after reading that, I was like, wow, I kind of wish I picked the Golden Deer route because that sounds like that end result sounds way mm-hmm. more interesting. I really enjoyed reading about that. So, well, but I'm at definitely... the end of the Edelgard route, you get to fight a big dragon, who is you get to fight Rhea basically in a big dragon form. That's yeah. pretty cool. And you re you reenact the battle of the, the one that happens in the beginning of the game on that cutscene. You actually reenact that battle right. in and that I th- place. I think that's I think that's really cool. I, I do, and like it's not to detract from that because I really enjoyed a lot of the. Um, like the setting and the different battles and the situations in, during the Black Eagles route, but just the Golden Deer route just sounds really cool. And it's like, 
I'm going to get to that later, like, why I think that's so cool, like, because I kind of sum it up, but it just, it sounded right up my alley, so, but let's go ahead and move on to the Blue Lions, someone that, a route that none of us here played, I believe. Am I correct I in saying that? I oh, played did. half okay. of it up to the time skip on hard. Okay. Yeah. So you're familiar with it okay. to some degree. Well, yeah. So correct me if I miss anything. Well, actually, this is after the time jump, so... You didn't play any of the time jump, did you, Morgan? I didn't know. Okay. So, I'm going to be spoiling this for you then. Sorry. Byleth reunites with Dimitri, who has been kicked from the kingdom and is haunted by visions of his dead family. He vows to get revenge on Edelgard by any means necessary. Byleth and the remaining church members ally with Dimitri. They end up going to war with the Empire and the Alliance all of which incur heavy casualties. One of Dimitri's trusted subjects sacrifices himself to protect Dimitri. That event, and Byleth convincing Dimitri to abandon his quest for vengeance. Um, And at that point, Dimitri rescues Claude from Imperial forces, which causes Claude to dissolve the alliance and yields to Dimitri. Dimitri arranges a meeting with Edelgard in an attempt for peace, but... She refuses. Dimitri defeats her and gives her one more chance for peace. She attempts to assassinate him, and he is forced to kill her. Fodlin is reunited under Dimitri, and Byleth becomes the new archbishop as Rhea steps down. So, since none of us played that particular point, what are your impressions of this storyline? Is Byleth becoming the Archbishop as Rhea steps down a believable story? And granted, keep this with a grain of salt because obviously none of us have played it, so maybe the game handles it well. But just reading and hearing about that, what are your guys' impressions? And I'm going to go ahead and throw it first to you, Morgan, since you're the guy who's played half of the storyline. Yeah, it didn't do much for me, man. Like, Dimitri is a pretty bland character. If he... His big reveal when when you find out that Edelgard is something he's somebody he's known almost his whole life in in many ways when you find out that she's the Flame Emperor he basically just has a freak out he's like he screams and he goes kind of nutso and it's just it it didn't it was just really weak I thought I was like man people who are playing this side of the game are missing a lot of cool stuff um, and I just don't think Dim- now I will say this Dimitri looks really cool after the time skip he gets like that eye patch and. He looks pretty badass, but uh, the everything I played, like a lot of the companions on the Blue Lions, are fine. There's a lot of great characters on that squad, just like all the squads are filled with great characters. Um, but man, Dimitri just doesn't have a personality before that time skip. Um, and I going through that whole game on hard, man, or half that game on hard, and getting up to that point, I just, I was like, I was really underwhelmed. Yeah, I don't know. That's fair. Part of it is, like, the whole becoming the bishop and keeping the church around is, seems like nonsense to me. Part of it is, like, A, I was Black Eagles, and then, again, I recruited Lysithia, who is kind of the other, the Edelgard stand-in, if you choose the other house, so you realize, oh, this church has got to go. Um, and so uh, the Blue Lions are kind of the only one, unless you recruit into it, who don't give you an awful lot of the reasons to think 
maybe we should get rid of this thing. But still, like yeah. it, it seems like you'd come across that in like all your other missions beforehand. <laughs> yes. To to not want that to be the outcome anyway. It's just yeah. That's what was so weird about it because he's like he's so all in on maintaining the order that's already there that it's just like why would you? Just like he's his head in the sand. Like, yeah. Yes. He seems like very one of those generic like this is the right thing to do kind of a character. And I was wondering if Which maybe is bland. It is. But I was wondering if maybe there's a reason for how he goes into his depression or whatever after the time skip. Like, maybe he becomes a really interesting character after shit goes down around him and he realizes, you know, his perfect little world of doing the right thing didn't really work out. But I can't really attest to that as a, you know. Also, here's the weirdest thing uh, it sounded like to me. Uh, You mentioned in that, Shay, that uh, there's, like, an encounter he has where he saves Claude from Imperial forces. Um, in the Golden Deer story, uh, there's a point where you are engaging with Imperial forces and Dimitri shows up, uh, and it just turns into a three-way skirmish, and when you go into battle with Dimitri, there is no reasoning with him. You, like, they even give you that brief flash where Claude will be like, Dimitri, we can work together, and, like, his response every time is something to the effect of, you're either with me or you're against me. Yes, yeah. I really like that, though, because, like... It gives enough credence to replay these different storylines because, yeah. like, that's one thing I considered when I was writing and reading this is, like, Edelgard is just a total bitch in this storyline. Like, they're trying to, like, like bring up some level of peace with her, and she's like, nope, not having it. And then when she's given the option again, as she's about to, you know, get destroyed completely, she tries to assassinate him. And I was like, that is not how I played with Edelgard at all. That's not the character play through during the Black all, Eagles. Yeah. And and I like that. I like that they kind of during during these different yeah. these different people's perspectives on what happened after the time skip that it actually affects what these people do. And I really like that. It, it just gives you another incentive yeah. to play through the other storylines. Well, it makes me think of it as like revisionist yeah. history almost. Like What's... the victors write the history books. So you think about it so like if you know the if the the golden deer win the alliance wins when they're writing in the history books it's like well what happened with dimitri uh we tried to get him to come join us but there was no reasoning with him there's a little bit of that some of it like you said with the whole edelgard thing a lot of the conversations you have on that route she's fucking nuts before you talk her down from some of her stupider shit um as well but like right. she changes as a character which is kind of for like everything I've seen, Dimitri's kind of the same whether you're with him or against him. It's like he's like he there's yeah. there's no changing the character, which I'm I'm just not a huge fan of. Yeah, um, she likes by she respects Byleth, and you soften her a little bit, or yeah. like she respects your opinion and your guidance to it. It sounds to me like that's true of all of them, though. Like saying Dimitri doesn't bit, change, yeah. but it, it sounds like in the Blue Lion story, then maybe with Byleth's presence, that's what makes Dimitri want to try for peace. Whereas without right. that and outside influence, he's unwilling to do so. Right. I agree yeah, wholeheartedly bit, yeah. with that. I agree wholeheartedly because, like, the the whole thing, the whole start of that is he, he wants revenge for his fallen family. And then at throughout that second portion, you actually convince him that vengeance is not what he's truly trying to seek here. And I'm sure if we had played it, it would be more cohesive and we one of us would be more understanding of that aspect yeah. of it. But... Um, no, it, like, I, I I absolutely think that's correct, as, you know, Byleth is such a powerful 
character and is such a good peacekeeper of each of these people that it completely changes them. And so it's unfortunate that we one of us didn't play this storyline to its entirety. I know, Morgan, you tried your best, and I respect that. So it's, I mean, to me, this was the most boring of the three reading about all of the different plot lines that you could take. But I, it still sounds interesting enough that I mm-hmm. still want to play it at some point. Time permitting, so. yeah. Yeah, I think it connects with people that are maybe newer to Fire Emblem and they just want more of a straightforward um, narrative. You know what I mean? Right. Not they want a lot the least weird. Moral, <laughs> yeah, not a lot of moral ambiguity per se. Um, but I, right. I am blown away by just how much work they put into all these different storylines, all these different paths. Like, the the it's just... Like, this game isn't really a technical achievement, but, like, the amount of options and choices in this game is just really, really impressive to me. Like It's, it's so definitely cool. impressive compared to the last one. Yeah. I'm very interested mm-hmm. to see what the fourth house uh, expansion, how, how that will right. shake things up. Right, When the basement kids show yeah. up. Oh, yeah, that's weird looking. The, that fourth, the basement yeah. dwellers. But let's, before we get into that, let's go down the Black Eagles route, so... Um, there are two endings to this, and we're going to go through both of them. I'm going to go through it a little bit quicker than the others, because you guys, three of the four of us played through this this one, so we're much more familiar with this one, but just as more of a reminder than anything. If you side with Edelgard when it comes to the time skip, you wake up to find out that the kingdom has allied itself with the church while the alliance remains neutral. Edelgard and Byleth... <laughs> Seize the Alliance capital and remove Claude either by death or banishment. They capture a fortress, but Edelgard's uncle is a member of the cult and has the fortress destroyed. I didn't remember that part, which is why I'm glad I did the sum up. They Mm -hmm. eradicate him and they keep the betrayal a secret. Also something I didn't remember. Edelgard leads her army to the kingdom capital and on the way they defeat and kill Dimitri. The church retreats into the kingdom capital, where Edelgard and Byleth confront them and Rhea. They kill Rhea. Byleth almost dies, but Sothis's crest dissolves, reviving him. Edelgard reunites the continent under the rule of the Empire and eliminates the church and nobility. So, now, did you, like, really quickly, let's keep this one as succinct as possible because we still have other stuff to get to here. Did you guys find Edelgard's arc of overthrowing the evil church and bystanders as compelling or sufficient? And I'm going to throw it first to you, Josh. I liked it a lot. There was an awful lot that I... I... Again, like, you soften Edelgard, but she's still fucking insane. Um... Like, there's an awful lot here where, like, main 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 story missions are like, well, the only way we can get to the Blue Lions, even though, you know, the Alliance is neutral, well, obviously we need their territory, and so you go fight them first. And I'm like, really? Like, is it really that strategic? Like, I, I've been going off and doing these missions in, in, in Fodlan in, in their territory anyway. Obviously we can get there somehow, but, like, it's it's just, it's, it's a little bit weird. I understand that they don't want you to have a perfect ending, so there's not just like, you know, well, this is obviously the good ending, um, but it really seems like they do an awful lot to try to make it so whichever house you side with, 
they do an awful lot of stuff that you disagree with anyway. Um, and I still felt an awful lot of that with Edelgard, even though that was kind of the, you know, the house I was drawn to to begin with. And I, I, I think they're for the most part, right. I, th- I, I, I don't know. I, I, I still think golden deer are probably like the best option out of those, but yeah, it's right. It's, it's still up there. It's, it's really good. And, and again, kind of like I was saying with being able to see Rhea's reasoning from her perspective, if you go black Eagles and then side with her, I think there's an awful lot that you get by going black Eagles and siding with Edelgard as far as just seeing, cause that, that feels like the main story. Like the others feel kind of secendary around that, but that seems to be the central conflict. Uh, yeah, for the B, most part, and so yeah. like I, I, I'm really drawn towards those two, um, just from like what you're actually getting out of the story. But like as far as people I wanted to side with, who I was like, like okay, I, I, I kind of want to do this. Like Golden Deer is who I would have like actually sided with, you know, like as far as like what the, you know their opinions on everything. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed playing through the Black Eagles storyline so yeah yeah that's fair morgan how did you feel about it because i know obviously you're a big edelgard stan literally i loved there was not a single thing she did that i didn't like i didn't think she was insane or i have a blinder to insane bitches uh as my track record would prove in my life um and hey probably I, shouldn't be calling them bitches <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh, i have a, it's just the truth i have a a horrible blind spot for uh, insane people. <clears throat> um, and, you know, honestly, I, because of her story being coming from such a horrible place where you realize that the church was willing to do all these horrible things to yeah. people behind the scenes, I love the idea that you have this outwardly noble thing that actually under the, you know, yeah. under the hood is doing these awful things and she knows that because she went through it you believe her because she's being open with you and heartfelt and then everything she's doing she's like no fuck this I know what happens to people like me and I'm yeah. not gonna fucking let this happen to people anymore so yeah yeah I mean like insane is like that's being hyperbolic like obviously she, like she has a reason for everything she's doing but like like I mentioned before if it think if she thinks it'll benefit her cause, she'll do basically anything. Is kind of the where it starts falling apart and like no, you could probably get these people on your side, but I guess we'll just Bl- go kill them. Blind ambition, yeah. Um, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think that just comes from the emotional damage mm-hmm. of what she's been through. And yes, that, does that make it always right? No, not necessarily. Um, but I thought it was an interesting character to have, yeah. and you get a really cool cinema at the end of the game when you finish it with her, uh, like just taking down the dragon together, and like I don't know, I just I really liked it. Like it was really emotional taking down all those leaders as you finish the game, killing Claude on the battlefield. Uh, I slaughtered um, Claude and Dimitri and and Ray, and like all those people. It was just such a weird thing, like seeing them on the battlefield and killing them after spending all that time with them in the beginning of the game. It was it was yep. like oddly way more impactful than any other Fire Emblem game I've ever played in my life. It was just, for sure. It was, it was cool, and that that for stuff sure. happens no matter like, what the playthrough yeah. is. Yes. Yep. Yeah, but I like that. Rich, hearing that, did do you have any more like newfound respect for the Edelgard route? 
Um, I don't think I've really changed on how I feel about it. I mean, I, I've heard enough in the past that I, I definitely think I'm glad I went with the Golden Deer. Um, I think I fall on really liking how their story wraps up. But uh, if I were to make the time to play through that game again, it would definitely be the the Black Eagle route. I, I don't know how I'd go with that second twist. Still kind of on the fence about that. But I, I think Edelgard seems to have a super interesting character arc. She does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the only thing I will add to that, and then we can move on to the the fourth and final route, is I did while I did really enjoy her route, it definitely felt a lot more thrown together than the first part of the game, I think. Uh, and it just felt like there were certain parts that weren't fleshed out because they were trying to rush getting to the end result of hers. But for the most part, it didn't bother me. I really enjoyed her route a ton, and I'm I'm glad that that was my first playthrough. So... Well, and oh. Shay, the weird thing is, man, they I was looking this up. They consider the route we took, which was just the normal route I took with Edelgard, that's considered the secret route, which is, is strange. Right. I, you know, that was just the normal route that happened to me. I was like, secret route? What? That's weird. But I know, is. and that's exactly what happened to me, too. I was like, they're like, side with the church or side with Edelgard? I was like, who the fuck's going to side with the church? And then, oh, a secret route. Okay. Well, I think you it's consider a secret route almost to be like, the the circumstances to get there are like one you have to pick the black eagles that's the only time it's ever going to come up and then you have to make a second choice on top of that so well i put my foot in my mouth because i missed it the second time i played Mm -hmm. through it and i was like damn it is (laughs) (laughs) i did fucking miss it it is a secret nah it's good but all right let's move to the other one this one's a very 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 quick hitter the other storyline of the black Mm. eagles was if byleth sides with raya a lot of the events of the Edelgard storyline is similar to this current playthrough, but after defeating the cult, Byleth learns the truth of Rhea, and he defeats her and assumes control. So, I mean, it's largely similar to the Edelgard route, except that... And you end up destroying Rhea either way, but it's just like the minor details, you come to it differently. So, we don't need to go over that one too much, because, I mean, it's kind of rehashing what we just talked about with the other Black Eagles route. Now, from what I've read, each storyline excels in a different category. The Golden Deer storyline excels at world building. The Blue Lions route excels at character building. And the Edelgard route excels at narrative content. And the Church route excels at story development and pacing. Now, this is from what I've read, because the only one I've experienced to to its extent entirety is the Edelgard route so if you disagree that's fine that's just what I've read and that's what I've gathered from all of us talking about it so do you think that the different paths not only focus on a different story but also giving a different emphasis and experience on the game's story further adds to its replayability and what I mean by that is the fact that you know, like I said, each one of these stories focus on a different aspect of the storytelling. Do you think that adds to the replayability? Rich. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, those back halves are basically like different games. And this is probably asking too much, but the thing that would make me want to do it more is I wish you could do a new game plus where you are taking the stats and everything and just starting from the time skip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That would For sure. that that would make me check out every ending. Yeah, I agree with that. I I think that would have been something nice. 
or even like even if they did something as like you can t- choose one character that you have maxed uh, like you've maxed out the, your relationship with them and that carries over into the next playthrough just well, you, taking you that little bring, bit extra of time out you do bring some like the ability to like max out relationships and stuff like that over into the that next. stuff carries over yeah yeah but i don't know yeah i don't know the details of it all there's some but i does it you. okay yeah. yeah that stuff carries over into new game plus the idea of like you having to spend less time so I think the idea is basically if you do a new game plus, you should be able to way more easily recruit the characters from your first playthrough. Yeah, and the people you had, yes, yeah, so mm-hmm. almost immediately you can spend points to have them back to where they were. It's crazy. That's actually really nice, yeah. really really nice. Um, what what about you, Josh? What do you think? Does it add to the replayability that these each focus on different aspects of storytelling, or is it just? The content itself. I don't think there's a big difference between them other than, like, getting different perspective on... Like, it's the same basic story. You're just seeing it from different perspectives and, like, the ending's slightly different. Um, I mean, slightly maybe a bit of an understatement, but, like, it feels like the the same threads are there on all of them for the most part. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm less interested in going back to replay those than I am of seeing it from a completely different perspective with the the DLC coming out. Um just personally. Okay. Mm, okay, that's fair. And that actually goes into my next question, but before I do that, I want to give Morgan if he wants to say anything else on that, please feel free to. But keep Josh's what Josh has said in mind as we move forward after Morgan talks. Yeah, just briefly, I would say, yes, absolutely, incredible replayability. I played one of those games. I played Edelgard's story twice and then uh, half of Dimitri's, and I just love that game. Um, sorry, that was my baby yelling. But uh, mm-hmm. but the thing is, I am in a weird position where I just love Edelgard's route so much that I don't really want to deviate, and that's a personal issue. I've never really had that issue before in a lot of games, which is why she was my character of the year and all that. So I would love to see Claude's route through. The problem is I can't bring Edelgard on with me, and that's kind of a killer for me. So they succeeded at what they wanted to do by making me like really attach myself to one character. Uh, and my house, that's what they wanted, right? Um, unfortunately, I don't really want to do the other ones now. But um, because I'm emotionally invested, having said that, the Nemesis route sounds kind of cool. Like, the, the 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 way the Golden Deer route ends sounds kind of interesting. And uh, I heard that there's some okay. um, dubstep in there, too, which is pretty wild. So, <laughs> Well, that's going to – that actually both you guys led up to my last question. After having discussed these other storylines together – are you more compelled to play through the other storylines? Any of them. It doesn't matter. Just in general, are you more compelled? And if you want, you can say which one you want to. Morgan, you kind of just did, so I'm going to throw it right back to you if you want to add any last thoughts. Yeah, I can I can be succinct. I would say that it's too much of a time investment for me. If I was going to play it again, I'd try to get Edelgard's right. Um, but the thing is, I just don't have that sort of time to sink into it again. I love this game dearly. It was my second favorite game of the year my favorite turn-based RPG ever right behind Into the Breach, but I just, I don't have the time to play it again. So I just don't. But they, it sounds interesting if maybe I did. <laughs> right. And if you did, you would play the Golden Deer route, correct? I, I, I would give the Golden Deer route a shot, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Josh, 
yeah. my, my um, baby was very you, upset uh, with me taking mm-hmm. the golden deer. Well, well, how do you feel? <laughs> I mean, I'm <laughs> similar wrong. on time commitment wise. If I did anything, I'd probably just load my save from before I sided with Edelgard and do the church route. Um, because that's essentially the golden deer route, but you're getting all the information directly from Rhea instead of kind of siding with her after the fact and kind of getting it secondhand ish. Um, so, like, just time-wise, I'd probably do that. If I went back and restarted a whole thing, I'd probably go Golden Deer. Um, yes. And, and do that, because it's a similar sort of story you're getting. You're still kind of getting the church's side of it. But, it, it, yeah, th- those two are kind of similar, the whole Golden Deer and siding with the church after going the Black yeah. Eagles. Okay. So That's interesting. Yeah. And Rich... What about you? Um, I think I kind of fall with like uh, Josh and Morgan on it just being too much of a time sink for me to say I would do it. Um, if, if I were to invest the time, it would definitely, I think I'd want to see what the Elder Guard route is all about. Um, but at this point, the next time I'll probably play that game is I, I the, the actual expansion. Uh, I, I definitely plan on engaging with that, but I can't see myself going back before then. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's fair. That's fair. I I want to, you know, in theory, play the other storylines, but like you guys, like, I say that, and then I know that I'm just not going to get time, unfortunately. We have too many other games we've wanted to, you know, backtrack on, and we just never get the time to do it. And in theory, this game would be an awesome one to do that if, like, we were that committed. To, like, if we suddenly became the Fire Emblem Chomping After Dark podcast... And we would talk about the different plot lines. I think it'd be awesome. But yeah, I, I would definitely go with the Golden Deer route if I didn't make that abundantly clear. I think that route sounds amazing. And I mm-hmm. think it's right up my alley. But um, I might have to just be content with watching a playthrough of it, unfortunately. And um, kind of keeping know, myself... Um, when... Go ahead. No, no you're... I, I was just... Shay, do you know when the DLC is supposed to drop for... Um, I actually don't. I think it was dated. Of... I'm going to look it, it up. Let's, yeah, let's check that real quick. Live. It's not February a deal, 12th, I mean, like... so next week. What? Oh, wait, seriously? Fuck? That's what it Shut says. Shut the fuck up. Next week? It's next week. It's a week from the uh, Thursday. No way. No. Dude, right when this no. drops, we'll yeah, be no, it's, <laughs> it's It's now out for all of you listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually Damn hilarious. It, we're be- I'm gonna we're go, behind I'm already. Gonna, Beginning of I'm the year, we're already expansion behind. Pass. Fuck my life. Oh my god. Well, 2020 was fun, guys. We're already behind on video games. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well call it a wash. <laughs> wow. Uh, so it's going to be 24.99, is what I'm seeing. That's cool. I didn't realize it was going to be out next week. Well, I guess this is the perfect time that we recorded this. Then, actually, that it really, really well. is. Yeah. Yeah, and we did it on purpose. Intentional, we guys. We totally that's meant to. The type of people. We can edit this. That's right? the type of people we are. <laughs> Great work, Shay. When you forgot to do this last week, I know it was all part of your plan. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. Yeah, it drops in four days. Well, four days for me, five days for you. <laughs> yep, that's hilarious. That's... <laughs> wow. So we take next week off. All right, that's hilarious. We might well, you know what we could do. We could do a. We could do. A, I have an idea for a podcast for next week for the main show. So I'll be discussing with that you guys, with you guys off the air. But I think that's going to wrap it up here. Um, 
you know, obviously we could spend hours here talking about Fire Emblem, like which which characters did we choose and why? Which characters did we hate and why? And you know what? Maybe that's something we'll save for another episode. Mm-hmm. Bernie or 2020. we'll do it with another idea of something. That's right. Feel the burn. In 2050, we'll discuss our favorite Fire Emblem characters when we're 70. But that would be 60, actually. But anyways, let's get out of here, guys. Uh, thank you guys for being here to talk Fire Emblem with me. Thank you for being patient as I forgot to drum up what we were going to be talking about last week, and it inevitably ended up working out for the better. So um, thank you, Rich. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Morgan. And thank you, the patron, for continuing to give us money to allow us to do these awesome podcasts. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. And that's the end of it. So until then, see you next time.